Hello, lovely humans. I'm Wildly, and you are listening to Sex Stories, a podcast where we learn about all things sex-related by interviewing people one-on-one about their sexpertise, so that we can smash shame and co-create a culture where taking care of each other is the norm, so that we may all lead better laid lives. And our guest today is doing just that. She is the owner and operator of Bella's Hacienda Ranch, a legal brothel located in Wells, Nevada. Founded in 1950, the premier adult entertainment destination in Northeast Nevada provides a safe and lawful option for sex workers to prosperously practice their trade. Serving customers from across the globe, Bella's offers a myriad of exclusive amenities, including VIP accommodations and a selection of exquisitely designed erotic specialty rooms. And also... Our guest has founded and funds the Onesta Foundation, an action group with a mission to support Nevada sex workers and advocate for prostitution legalization throughout the United States. Welcome, Madam Bella. Oh, good morning, Wiley. How are you today? I am fantastic and so excited to talk to you. My listeners know that it's been like a long-standing dream of mine to learn more about this industry and to maybe one day myself be a madam. We'll see. We'll see. And so I would love to hear if you could start off by telling us. If you had to rate yourself on a sexual shameometer, with 10 being the most full of shame and 1 being not at all full of shame, where do you fall right now? Minus 1. Ah! <laughs> I love it! Does it ever spike back up, or are you just like, no, nah, I'm good? Never spikes back up. We're here to be human. We're here to be sexual. We are here to be safely sexual. Yeah. Were you always like that low, or was there an evolution that got you there? There's always an evolution. Good point. Because we are always working to become more of who we came to be. Mm. And I know that sounds a little bit spiritual, but isn't that really what we are? But Mm -hmm. we're in these bodies for a short period of time. How do we plan on being human correctly? Yeah. And having the fun. It's the touch. If we're unable to have a touch, why be in the body at all? It really isn't about how hard we can work, how much we could eat or drink. It's never really been about that. We just learned how to do that. Man, I'm a big fan of touches. Okay, can you give us your personal definition? Tell us what is sexy to you? How do you understand that word? Sexy is open, compassionate, an inner beauty that shines forward for the world to see. Mm. What do you think counts as sex? And I know in the brothel land, like that definition is important, right? Correct. The ladies that work at Bella's, they really have a calling. And much like your great interview with Gigi, there is something about it that's beyond the outer appearance of another human. And that getting into the soul level of allowing that individual or group of individuals that wants to be with that courtesan is what is explosive for the whole relationship for however long that experience happens to be. Yeah. So at the brothel, there is a delineation, like is sex pretty much understood as P and V sort of stuff, or does everything count? I guess you call it oral sex. Like, Do people negotiate specifically about that? On the website, there's bios, all right? Mm. And there's a lot of the ladies are moving towards what I call the girlfriend experience, Mm -hmm. which to me is an opening that should be in the third decade of the 21st century. We should be able to do that, to be what 
each one desires, the buyer, the seller. There's more of this coming together than ever before. All the years I've been as a madam, the line seemed harsh and like a big black marker. And now it's as if there isn't really a line. They just, it flows. And people, especially in the industry of understanding sexuality, it's beautiful. It's like a rose that's just looking like it's ready to bloom. Mm. It's a tight bud. And that's where I believe we are in our open sexuality. And we would like for that bloom to open rather slowly and be fragrant and take its time because we know once it opens all the way, we might be departing. (laughs) (laughs) It's time for us to enjoy that very slow opening and be open to what another person has to offer us. Because in a, I'm going to call it a sensual sexual encounter, Mm -hmm. it's a win-win for both if they're open. In other words, each one leaves the experience with something. And it can be even more than the climax. And the other will never know how they affected the other. And yet I hear things like that from the ladies where it's evolutionary. They're evolving. You know, they may come to me in their 20s, even their 30s. And this is something that's, it's really important. They want to find their sexuality beyond being a mother or being a girlfriend or coming from a home that's incredibly protective. So I, I see it all. And it's beautiful. Yeah. And the, I've given more hugs to ladies and clients. And I know I would be in the Guinness Book of World Records. I know it. <laughs> I love that. The Guinness Record of Most Hugs. I love that. I think that's such a good point, too, is, you know, this idea of a girlfriend experience. And I was recently on a private call with one of my listeners who was going through a divorce and was like, I don't know. I feel like I feel like that marriage was the most expensive sex worker anyone could have ever ordered <laughs> <laughs> Those were his words, you know, and I, w- I was thinking about how, you know, to some degree, every human relationship we have is a transaction. It's just how satisfied are either party with what they're actually getting and how willing are they to talk about their actual needs. The courtesans I have interviewed so far seem to have a really like solid understanding of their own needs and their own value. And it seems like there's a lot of like delicious balance based on what I'm what I'm hearing so far. Would you say that feels accurate to you? It does feel accurate with the courtesans of today. Right. They're different. They're cut from different cloth. And they actually are excited to talk about it. You know, the clients that frequent wells, whether it's women or couples or gentlemen, it's the one place where they're really safe to talk about what they need. And the ladies that choose to work with me learn how to do that. They learn how to be good listeners and compassionate, non-judgmental, and to help the client heal. We are either here to just have like a really quick thing or a fantasy thing or a healing. So that divorce situation, 
And if we talk about that for just a second, you know, it's like a homeostasis of, well, I got used to this for 20 years or 10 years. And all of a sudden, that particular relationship had come to an end. But it's still awkward. And I believe with all my heart that men are more affected sexually because if anything hits their self-esteem, parts of their body go on hold or mute for a while. And they just don't want to work. And so how do they get past that? You know, and so I believe that divorce is an opportunity to move forward. Yeah. However, it's difficult for the man and the woman. There's just something that seems fragile about it. It's like we go into like fractions, all right, little bits. And then we've got to find a way to put ourselves back together, but not the same. New and improved. Who are we now? What kind of relationship do we want to have? Do we want to have a relationship? So, you know, you take the people that really got tired of splitting all their stuff and they they want a, a different lady. Yeah. Maybe a different lady every week. Yeah. I'm a huge variety fan. <laughs> yeah, you know, they want to know what it's like to be with all these different nationalities or races or even kind of a sexual preference type of thing. Mm-hmm. I am never against any of that. All I am an advocate of is expression safely. Yeah, I love that. And then it's a win-win. Even if someone says, well, you know, that was different, but I did it once. Or they go, well, I could do that again. (laughs) I love that. You know, we do. We get a lot of that. And, of course, I answer the emails, right? And I'm so aware by how gentlemen or ladies or, you know, the fiance or the girlfriend that wants to give her her guy an ultimate experience. There's more of that out there. And and to me, that's like being really secure in who you are, where maybe in the olden days, people were like, what? You know, here's something else that I really, really think is fascinating. All right. Typically, in a relationship, the couple no matter how they do the sexual preference, the one thing that stumbles the whole relationship is talking about sex. You know, it's like you start out and then someone wants to be experimental and the other one says, well, I thought you liked how I did it. That was true for me. That is why this podcast exists because in my early relationships, every time I'd be like, hey, so like a fantasy or a role play or like other people, it I didn't have the communication skills and we didn't have the security. And, you know, I am single now. (laughs) So I really relate to that. That's something that relationships should understand. It's a stumbling point in the relationship. If someone fails to understand, this is never about taking something personally. What happens in our mind is where sex is. Yes, it comes out in other parts of our body, but the mind, you know, and so we'll get guys that come in for very short parties. They are what I call the guy on the go. Okay. <laughs> and I always <laughs> and I always share with them, you better have your head in the game. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. This isn't like ready. Yeah. This down here isn't going to follow through. Yeah. 
So we can always get a big laugh, but it's part of the funness of our being human sexually. Yeah. And then, you know, you got the guys that come in at the one an hour. You know, I've been behind the bar, answering the door, whatever it is, more than anybody should probably have ever had to do that. But I got you. I got you. And they would say, I just, I just need an hour. And I'd say, that's great. What are you going to do with the other 57 minutes? <laughs> and I would get exactly that response. But it would also take the pressure off, that yeah. nervousness off, right? And then many times I feel like if ladies will do this, and I do help to train this, but I say, look, if he's really able to, and he comes very quickly, you can offer him the opportunity if he's able, if it comes up for a second go. Mm. And I said, that will take the pressure off. That will help relax him because he's stepping into our world. Yeah. You know, we aren't stepping into his apartment because then we're nervous, right? We're going into yeah. his world. And it's kind of like, oh, God. You know, where, where's St. Andrew's Cross? You know? I know. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, we look at this and we, we, we chuckle about it, but when they come into our world, they want something, some experience that's going to help them relax so that they can leave with an experience that they're going to remember their whole life. Yeah. You know, they may never remember the lady's name. They will remember it happened at Bella's. And, they carry it. It's first time. It's forever. Yeah. So, so hot. So hot. Did, was it orchestrated correctly? We all remember our first sex, right? Oh, there you go. That was swell. But we remember. So this experience, it gets to sort of delete that one. Mm. Mm-hmm. So if that was the cake, we get to have this experience be the icing. Yeah. Let's make it sweet. Love it. You know? For you yourself in your life, did you ever get a helpful sex talk, sex ed lesson, or a lesson in consent when you were growing up? No. Do you feel like the brothel is the grown-up version of that for people? Yeah, that's a, you know, that's amazing. Thank you for that. That's awesome. And I'm going to say yes. And, you know, when I answer the door and let's say I'm tending bar and a, the bartender's doing something, you know, I always tell the gentleman, I said, you know, Whatever you think is going to happen in that room or behind that closed door, multiply it times 10 because you have no idea how it's going to unfold. So it happens every time because it's a totally different experience. They aren't walking into a motel with just a consensual person. This is a fantasy. It's a destination. He's arrived there for a particular reason. And his big question mark in his mind is, I think I know what's going to happen, but he doesn't. Because chances are he's never been with that nationality or that race or that particular woman that looks at him and he can have exactly what he desires. Mm. And to me, that's amazing. That's what brothels are about. And the guys that come there, the gals or the couples, they want to know they're safe. They 
actual medical testing is important. They're coming there clean. They want to leave the experience clean. That's really what they're paying for. It's a sexual, sensual experience. Are there requirements for people who are attending Bella's to like show their STI results? No. Okay. But hopefully they are coming in with an all clear set of tests. Well, you know, we do as courtesans, even though I'm the madam now, we understand what to look for. Mm -hmm. I think the trickiest one is chlamydia, Mm -hmm. you know, because there's just no signs. Right. And, you know, it's the hands. Yeah. Really. Yeah. So, you know, it's that kind of thing is, I mean, that's just the way it is. In the 53 years, I believe it is that, or 52, that we've had legalized sex work, because I really don't like that other word. There's been no HIV. You know, all those things happen out there. That public safety, that legalization is really, I'm going to call it the, the test model that we have been the test. And yes, the test has only been in rural Nevada. We have proven it works. Mm. However, I'm going to share that would it ever be legal across the country? It would be a good thing if people had that ability to have a particular destination. However, I am a firm believer in decriminalization Mm -hmm. because I'm going to say the ability to have a sexual encounter should never be labeled as criminals. Yeah, I agree. So I believe in both. I just know, and I'm an expert in the legalization, in that I see a beautiful scenario with working courtesans and clients. And they make a lot of money. Yeah. And that's, it's a short career. Basically. So where are they going? What's next? What are they going to do with the money? Because there's always multiple things we're supposed to do while we're here. Like, you know, you're looking at the madam thing. Well, put it on the vision board because unless you write it down, the universe has no reason to align everything for you. And let's face it, at some point, I should pass the baton. Would Mm -hmm. I be thrilled if it's a woman? Yes, especially one that understands. Yeah, well, I think we're fostering that right now. I would actually love to hear your professional origin story, like how you got to where you are now, and do you currently identify yourself as a sex worker? I have a couple of things that make me align with being a sex worker. Okay. Did I sell myself? Yes. Okay. It wasn't in a legal environment. Okay. I feel that when I stepped on with my late husband and stepped into this whole brothel thing, he was older. He wasn't particularly the nicest guy in this lifetime. And so it felt at times as if I was trading my youth, maybe to repay a kindness or to somehow the universe said, well, you get to be involved with this. But when everything sort of played out, he had purchased the brothel, but he was in debt over his head. And so it became mine to pay it off. 
and to rescue us financially. Well, what does that do? It sort of cleans up that term of like a courtesan to your husband. And it really helped me understand where I was going in life. You know, he kept wanting to sell it and I kept wanting it not to sell Mm. because there was something about it. It, I was, I'm a Scorpio, Gigi. (laughs) I'm a Taurus. So I always get along with Scorpio. (laughs) That's good. So, you know, that type of thing I went through in my early thirties, an unusual feeling about trading my youth for a career or paying a kindness. And of course, I've long since healed from that. But I'm I'm thinking, you know, whether it's the sugar baby thing or whatever it is, there's a trade. Mm -hmm. It is a form of sensual sexual services. When we're younger, it can seem oppressive. Mm -hmm. And of course, I come from a generation different from yours. And that just meant that I learned things slightly different in a different way. But boy, I can sure smile and say, at this time in my life, it's the best because it's like I made it. I made it through, you know, I was there before HIV. I was there before condoms. I was there before the internet, you know, and everything was, when it finally came, was like the the black doll screen. And I looked at that and said, whoa. (laughs) And, but my whole career has really been about people getting people to grow and help them i mean i can't make their growth but by golly i set the stage you know like the wizard of oz well it's either that way or that way or that way and to watch the women from back then and pimps and drugs and 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 now i see it i finally see it that they really like what they do they really find it fascinating healing for them and the client and i i'm thrilled i'm thrilled for all of us and i'm never saying we're speaking for everyone because i do believe there are still the stuck out there you know i I wouldn't even want to live in their body oh my gosh yeah because difficult to be that opinionated or that judgmental or, you know, have such an aversion to a sexual appetite. Yeah. Would you tell us a little bit about what your work life is like right now? Like, how are you making the world a sexier, more loving place? And also, what's your day-to-day like? Well, my day-to-day is always in alignment with empowerment and empowerment of the ladies. I have this stack of, I call them educational, empowering books, tools. That word self-help's kind of tough. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know? I'm into it, but I feel you. <laughs> you know, it, it's just a way we got to say it in today's world, right? Or it's kind of like, you want me to read what? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then you get resistance. Mm. So just, there's a stack of them there. And right next to it is our CB radio. Okay. CB radio. Do you know what that is? Is it what truckers use? Yeah. Okay. Yes. And it used to be when the hippie days, they put them in their DW little micro mini bus and all that. Well, there's drivers that have always had that particular device in their truck, right? Well, it's 
returning. I drive down Interstate. Yes. Wait, Richard, I, drive down I get one. What? Wait, so what do you? Yeah, tell me what, what happens. So, so anyway, you have this little tool in your vehicle, and these drivers, okay, they, they'll see. It's obvious. Their mirror, or right at the top of the cab, it's this antenna about two and a half feet tall. And I go, CB, go down. It's like a fad. You know, these guys want this. Well, why would they want this? Well, the cell phone, great tool. But it's like I tell the gals, we don't have their cell numbers. We don't have these guys' cell numbers, but they got a radio. So why, let's just invite them over. We'll take our van. We'll pick them up. We'll take them back. And so there's just more and more. Let's face it. Long haulers were like the ones doing the very best during the pandemic, right? Mm-hmm. It actually either sort of devastated people or it helped them. Yeah. So these gentlemen with the radios, well, we just say, look, call us and we'll go pick you up. And in Wells, where the crossroads of the Western United States, right? And that means we're about 1,200 people strong. But when you're the crossroad, it's like Tom Hanks says, everybody goes through Wells. Mm. At some point in time in their life, they are going to go through Wells. But that crossroad is Canada to Mexico, coast to coast on I-80. So besides being a destination, they're going to stop. And now we're something like a five-truck stop town. Okay. Well, then we multiply the radios times five. (laughs) (laughs) So it's a fun thing. It gives the gals something to do besides wait. Yeah. And our doorbell rings a lot. Okay. I don't know if you went to our website, but it's a call-to-action website. And it's got the little caricatures on there. It's got like the little penises and stuff. And I love that. I love the one that's bent over or the one that's by the butt. You know, that's always a good one. (laughs) But, you know, fun. And, of course, the ladies come up first and they're gorgeous. And, you know, some of the pictures could be better. Some of them, when they show up, they don't have their professional photos yet. Right, right, right. Yeah. But the idea is towards the bottom in the call to action, it talks about if you come to Bella's, Okay, which is a legal brothel. Here's what you can expect. If you don't, then here's what you can expect. And it just gives them a choice. Short, sweet, what would you like your experience to be like? And it's really been helpful to have it be fun, but also things that maybe clients wouldn't think about because there's only the one state that has the test model of legalization. Lovers, this episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. We all know that the foundation to an awesome sex life is excellent mental and physical health, but if proper rest, exercise, and a healthy lifestyle aren't leading to the blood flow you'd like when and where you'd like it, check out bluechew.com. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra, Cialis, and Levitra, but in chewable tablets at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever the opportunity arises. And the process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you are approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part, it's all done online, so no visits to the doctor's office, no dealing with awkward physicians who aren't trained to talk about sex lives, plus no waiting in line at the pharmacy. 
Bluetooth tablets are made in the USA and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet pack. They always say first impressions are important, but what about lasting impressions? Lovers, I do believe that we can always make loving, lasting impressions by connecting and being present and chasing our pleasure and our partner's pleasure. And if your priority is making a deep, deep impression between two beautiful, enthusiastic thighs or cheeks in the name of partnered pleasure, I get it. I've worn a strap on now. I, too, love having a hard cock. Blue Chew and I want you to have better sex. Discover your options at BlueChew.com. Chew it and do it. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code LOVER at checkout. You just pay $5 for shipping. That is BlueChew.com promo code LOVER to receive your first month free. Visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety information. And thank you to Blue Chew for sponsoring the podcast. So you're behind the bar sometimes. You're talking to customers or clients sometimes. You're also managing the ladies a lot, I would imagine. And then like communications on top of all of that. Did I get all that right? Yes. <laughs> when do you have time for yourself? Like what are you, what do you, do you have like work-life, personal life boundaries? Uh, you know, my boundaries get to be flexible mm. because I jokingly say God still has me on the bus. And what does that, mean? <laughs> that means I'm still the madam. You know, okay. Said, oh, Bella, time to go to the beach. I don't <laughs> think any of us get to retire. But, you know, it's like I like to speak. I like to answer people's questions. Yeah. I like to tell them about what I always call being human correctly. Mm. And let them think about it, right? So my boundaries typically, if... I'm going to say something at the brothel is just saying, Bella, Bella, Bella. I might be there five days a week for okay. a few hours. Okay. I might be there Sunday's payday all day because um. every lady takes what I call the time they require, or it would be the time I require, obviously. And they talk about what they've read in those books or Something in them that they've discovered. It's something that I am fascinated to be involved in. Yeah. And to hear. So whatever a person needs, if they need an hour, if they need 10 minutes. Wow. I said, but once again, with the balance, I'm an equestrian. I have been my whole life. So okay. I'm a one, one horse gal. Amazing. One horse madam. And so... You know, sometime in the day, even though I live out here in rural Nevada, 20 miles from the brothel, I'm going to get on beauty and Bella and beauty are going out and I have two Airedales and they go with, oh, and I it's my that. time to look at the desert, to just be with her. I work to just be with her mm. because that's where I work on my oneness and my ability to be present, like to be present for you, yeah. that you cared enough to invite me on. Oh, yeah. So the time that she and I have is amazing. And luckily, she's on property, you know, and we've been together since she was like three weeks old. She oh, was, wow. we don't tell her, but she's an orphan. <laughs> but I, I, <laughs> but I, I had a competing stallion that got old enough. He had to be a gelding and, and he just raised her. So she doesn't know she's an orphan. And so she's just everything and every horse, like in this 
culmination of perfection. So yeah. it's perfect. So that's my balance. I was going to say, that's a lot of socialization for a Scorpio, you know? like So I'm glad that you get that special deep time. You know, and then I, I like plants. And we've got a couple, three gardens right now. And so nice. yesterday I was crawling around in the dirt, pulling little weeds. Love it. It stops. It's like, you know, we have to be able to hear just wherever the peace and the joy is. Mm. And I like to be absolutely present instead of thinking about what's coming next. That's a skill to develop for sure. Have you gotten any interesting reactions from people when you're like, hi, yes, I am Madam Bella. I'm a madam. Like, how do people respond to you? Or do you get treated weird ever, especially in the activism work that you're doing? There are always people that are going to say things like, oh, prostitution's what you're involved in, so they should be called prostitutes. And I go, okay. Even the town of Wells, who voted to have legal licensed houses in Wells, they don't want to put up their hand and say, oh, I'm all in favor. Just keep a low profile, do what you do, and everything is good. That at times can make it difficult when change gets to happen. Like right now I'm petitioning the council to change prostitute on the work card to courtesan. Yeah, seems very reasonable. It's odd because there are those that, oh, they go to the money thing or they go to this or they go to that. And it's like, it's just a pushback and I'm going to keep finding a way around the rock. That's the solution you and I are always talking about. The problem may be the designation. What is the vibration of the solution? Yeah. So could you imagine if I was doing the lineup of ladies and we're a lineup house and I came out in front of them and I stand next to the client and I go, here's our prostitutes. Oh my But I could say, please meet our courtesans. Mm. Which vibration is, I'm going to say, good for business? I was going to say, yeah, like, because you get taxed, right? Like, you have to pay fees to the county. So, like, wouldn't they want words that are going to elevate the whole experience for everyone? Well, that is exactly what. Bella's working on. Great. And and it's good. It's very good. There's going to be more articles coming out about it. I really never want to back the city council into a corner because, as we all know, you never want to condemn, condone, or complain, or guess what? You lose them. How do we get around the rock? And, you know, typically when we are wanting to create a change, government wants to know what's in it for them. Typically financial. How is this going to help them? And I am sure that somehow I'm going to present something like what you just shared, which was, of course, brilliant, that it's going to attract more clients, you know, an elevated clientele, even more elevated women. So it's some of the Parts of being, I'm going to say a test, that all these codes, we'll say state NRS codes, they're dated. You know, they really could use some 
fluffing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally. I mean, you know, they're still there. It still works. So what the heck? Not to get caught up in the negative, but of course, I also don't want to look at this work all through rose-tinted glasses, and that sounds like an important part of the sort of difficulties. What are the other parts of your job that are like less sexy or that you wish were kind of like different that you could shift? I believe that it's never coming as such from the clientele. I think that if I was going to say or even insinuate something as slightly negative, Mm -hmm. It's when a client comes in and they say something like, well, I just came to have a beer. Uh, no, you didn't. <laughs> and, and, <laughs> oh, you came here to have a beer. I see. <laughs> you take a, would you like to see the house? Take a tour? No. Oh, and you oh. know that it's like you're looking at a rock, a damaged rock. And how are you going to take that? roughness and hit it in one little spot and the diamond just gets exposed. Is that a person who wants to get convinced? That's a person that could use a real healing. And there's times that they say things that are awkward. It can seem judgmental. Judgmental is a great word and I'll tell you why. Because they have like this cold shoulder. You know, the ladies might one come in just to sit with him and he's just like, you know, I I don't want to see you kind of Mm. thing. Well, those are what I would refer to as negative, just tough. And the best thing to do is just send them love and blessings and keep laughing, keep smiling. I just keep loving people. Yeah. You know, um, how's that working for you? (laughs) Just locked in a shell. Isn't that a good way to look at it? Lovers, we are going to take a quick pause for a word from our sponsor, and they have given me notes to do a sultry female voice, so I'm very excited and I'm going to do my best. Did you know the Flora app is a safe place to open up, embrace your desires, and find like-minded people? This is the story of one couple who found the threesome of their dreams, discovered a new level of shared passion, and stepped into a whole other realm of possibilities, all thanks to Flora. As life's routines settled in, Robert and Lucy found themselves yearning to explore uncharted territories. So they downloaded Fleur and embarked upon a thrilling journey of sensual experimentation, learning more about each other's desires in the process. Open-minded and adventurous, Robert and Lucy dreamt of adding a new dimension to their intimacy, sharing the touch of another woman, being witnessed and connecting in a way that transcends the ordinary. In Fleur's diverse and accepting community, Lucy connected with Emily, a babe craving the same experiences. So they invited Robert to the conversation. The chemistry built and anticipation heightened as they exchanged messages until finally their agreed-upon date night arrived. A gorgeous hotel was the setting for their evening of pleasure, passion, and connection. A shared exploration that fulfilled each party's desires. Fleur app celebrates the beauty of open-minded connections. It's a platform where fantasies come to life and desires are embraced without judgment. For couples seeking adventure with others or individuals keen on exploring, Fleur invites us all to a world where every desire is a possibility waiting to unfold. Download Fleur now, express your desires freely, and find like-minded people today. I would love to hear what you have learned about sex-related shame and pleasure 
through your work. I know we've kind of touched on these themes, but like, I love hearing the specific insights from people with your like level of expertise. In another time, we'll call it that there. The sexual shame that many, I'm going to call them working ladies, experienced was a very difficult hurdle to courtesan. Mm. And they carried it like a scarlet letter. Like, uh, you don't know what happened to me. You know, like the little bag on the stick. Mm-hmm. Those things that we stuff in there, they prevent us from becoming that flower, becoming that bud. So uh, over all these years, it's been working with these ladies individually to say, well, how are you going to forgive that? How are you going to find your way through an experience that obviously you were meant to have? And a lot of us don't think that that's true. But if we look at the solution and say, well, well, why if we look at it that way, then we should be able to move on. And then to look at the players involved and what maybe they karmically had to do to create our growth, to sort of like the toothpaste, push it up from the bottom, to have us get out of that story. We don't need to tell the negative stories unless we want a rerun. Now, I share a lot of the things that were negative for me, all the the times when I was young and hot-headed and had the Scorpio temper. And I mean, I could blow people's hair right off their head just by opening my mouth. And it was just because I just had such a big, powerful energy. Yeah. And, you know, even now, it's like I work to come into even a council meeting and I still blow their hair back. Even if I go, hey, hi, you I don't do that. <laughs> it's like, it Get doesn't it. matter. They're bald now. Yeah. You know, so. <laughs> so, you know, those are things that were negative in the ladies, but I hear when I interview, because we're an empowerment house, I have two staff members, okay? And why do I have those? Because I need someone that's going to serve the beer, run the credit cards, and do the lineups and do those things, right? But we have a, a shift that the courtesans run. And the two staff members worked for me 16 and 20 years ago. So they're courtesans. So it's a courtesan-run house. Cool. But between like, Two and six in the morning, the courtesans answer the door. They run the credit cards. They do their own lineups. Really? This has never been done. They turn their money in in the morning. The house isn't locked down. Just communicate. Oh, Oh, need to go to the store? Great. They cook the way they want to cook. So, in other words, they've got it. Each one has a place in the fridge, in the freezer, in the dry storage. That's their food stuff. They know how they want to eat. They know how they want to maintain their body. So they clean up. They do their CB radio. They do the laundry. They do their own trick sheets. They run their own vacuum. This is a house totally about the courtesans. How do they want to run their business? They have a Nevada business license that reads either sole proprietor or entrepreneur. and It's theirs. They're an independent contractor. How in the world are they going to be the success 
that they came to be. So the ladies that choose to work with me, they have a business license. I have a business license. We have to work together. Mm-hmm. They don't work for me. We work with each other. My license just costs more. Yes. So in the interviewing process, and I do the interviewing of ladies, it takes at least an hour for me to know their dreams and goals, how they feel about sex, if they have the two documents that Wells requires, which is a social security card and picture ID, and what is their goal? How much money are they making now? How do they feel about sex? How much money are they going to attract? What's their schedule? And it I want them to know me. I'm the only woman. I'm it. It's men. If they want to work for a woman, they've got to bring their own expertise, even if it's however far along they are in their 20s. To me, that's why I'm still here. That's why I haven't burned out. I know at some point in time, I would want to be a consultant. I would want to be a public speaker. I would want to help the ladies out there. And this has never been done in a house. And yet I've been working towards this for over 30 years. It's here. And it's beautiful to have a house with only honest women. Hmm. That's hot. How many are there at a time? Usually between 8 and 11. Okay. Oh, that's a great number. Okay. Nice. It really is. Now, I could have 14, but 8 to 11 and working to have what I call a variety, Mm -hmm. meaning you have to have certain nationalities in there. The ladies that choose to work with me would never do well in another house because I'm going to say the parameters are tight. You know, they might have to sit in a parlor. They might have to sit in the bar. They might have to raise their hand to go to the bathroom. But there's a lot of people that aren't a self-starter, and that works for them. So there's room for everything. I know my path, and my path is empowerment. And I don't need anybody to tell me what to do. (laughs) I get it. Oh, my gosh, I get it. Only in very specific circumstances do I like that. (laughs) But we know what those are, right? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and I'm in charge of those too, you know. So they're kind of telling you what to do. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, so I'm glad I got to, to mention that because it's Bella. It's Bella's Hacienda Ranch. That's what it's about. Yeah. No, you read my mind. Those are the types of details I'm so interested in. And, you know, I would also just be curious to hear if you have noticed shifts in the industry of like I would say specifically the brothel related industries since you began this work. Like I'd love to hear kind of like your observations there. Joe Conforti was still alive when I stepped on to Bella's and it was really just called Hacienda back then. Mm -hmm. I took the name Bella after a closure that was orchestrated by powers that be. And I actually, it went away because I, I really had the document that, proved my innocence. But during that time, I was very angry. And I knew I hadn't done anything. And boy, I wanted everybody to know I was taken advantage of. And so I spent a great deal of time carrying that red badge of courage around until I realized that forgiveness was everything. And 
any time spent being out of forgiveness was time lost in one's Mm -hmm. life. But I was meant to do it. And so during that time, I read a book called Belladonna. And it's an incredibly explicit sexual book about, uh, let's call it trafficking. But it was really in the old days, and, and it was England and all the, the powerful people in the castles and, mm. and how they would find a young woman that had no family. And they just abduct her. Mm. And they her for a year, they put all this money in a bank. At the end of the year, they turn her loose and tell her where the money was. The time I read that, I realized that I had some work to do. Oh, my gosh. And so I legally added Bella in front of my legal name, Shauna. So I'm Bella Shauna. I am that, that woman that is filled with forgiveness and can understand that all those people I owed an apology to if they'd accept it because I put them in a very unusual situation of their choosing in order for me to make my growth. And so this woman standing in front of you, I had to become something rather aboriginal. You know, you might start out tool maker, but by the time you're white haired, you're storyteller. So I evolved much like Rachel into Gigi. Yeah. So those things happen in our life and we either welcome them and make the growth or we resist and we become bitter and life is to be endured. Mm. Do you have any wisdom around anything you've learned about communicating when it comes to sex? I have one bit of advice to people in relationships. All right. Typically the woman. Never say no. The minute you say no, your partner will always be afraid to ask. Yeah. I mean, I'm a big high desire person. I've even noticed that in regular language, instead of using the word no, I just replace whatever that is with what I want instead. You know, so if there's something I actually don't want to do, I will go, how about this instead, though? <laughs> oh, I'd really love to do blah, blah, blah. <laughs> That's still saying yes. Yes. Yeah. And it's finding a yes in my overlap today, you know, of what I do want to offer. I love that. Yeah. Because I did, I crushed my old partner's egos because I was like, ah, you know, and I, and I have a very abrupt way of speaking, especially if I'm surprised or confused. Um, I can get really intense. So I love that. <laughs> I really believe that great sexual encounters, and this is part of wisdom, never has to be a marathon. It's okay for there to be quickies. Yeah, I love quickies. I love marathons, but sometimes I'm too tired. I don't have time. You know, the backflips off the headboard are nice, but if the fan's running, (laughs) you know, you're going to make the talk or you're in trouble. Yeah. It's being flexible. Maybe I'm really in the mood, however a person might say it. Yeah. Like you said, to manifest something that doesn't have to be a marathon unless that's exactly the intent. Both people are going to know. Yeah. Will you take us through anything we haven't touched on that's Bella's related yet? Like I, I read about VIP rooms, you know, like 
what kind of experience can people expect? It sounds like they can get picked up if they're at a truck stop, but is there also a parking lot for just couples or singles to drive up into? Like, walk us through kind of like what someone can expect. We're off a little gravel road that I and Bella and three gentlemen built. And so this little gravel road, we keep it graded. Sometimes coming out of winter, it's kind of rough. But you arrive at what looks like kind of a gravel parking lot with a little asphalt around the building. The majority of our clientele arrive in cars or pickup trucks. The other part of our clientele, we'll call it uh, long-haul drivers, because of the satellite situation and companies being able to monitor every mile that these gentlemen make, or ladies, just picking them up can be a good thing. But I was there when 75 trucks were in that lot. It was magical. And now, besides CB radios, these older semis that are so freaking hot, I call them growlers. They have these, you know, these jig brakes and these big pipes that do the exhaust and they're painted exotically and they've got the big sleepers and and the big silver sort of it's like a stainless looking air filter on them and i mean they're just like you look at the big square things like peter built mm-hmm. and you go mm-hmm. oh, hello girl <laughs> but they're but here's the thing they're on the road and there's more and more and more of them why because they don't have connections to the satellites. They can go where they want to go without being tracked. Mm. It's beautiful. They want to park in the parking lot. They can park anywhere they want. Cool. They don't have to put death in the tank. They don't have to do There's all these things that they don't have to do that all these, you know, federal regulations have the newer trucks doing. So now you're going to see those kind of trucks again in the parking lot. But typically, it's four-wheel traffic, all right? And I say that because we're close to Utah, close to Idaho. And they're Sun Valley, you know, Boise, uh, Park City, Salt Lake City. I mean, these guys are going to make the drive. A couple hours, yep, they don't care. And so when they arrive in front of the building, they're going to ring the doorbell. We answer in person. We don't just press a buzzer. We're a house that isn't inside a fence. All the other ones are they're fenced in. All mm-hmm. right. I, I don't think we need that. You know, it's very safe. They're safe. We're safe. And when they ring the doorbell, they come in. They get offered something to drink if they'd like. Understanding that we're a brothel with the convenience of a bar. We aren't a bar. Top shelf. Draft beer, top shelf, bottle beer, top shelf, all that. But it's a tool. If somebody would like to have a beer, they are never here just for the beer. <laughs> and then from there, the hostess would sit, would ask them if they've been there before. If they haven't, she's going to explain things that they're never going to remember. Yeah. So when they, <laughs> you know, in one ear, out the other, it just it doesn't. Then she'll explain. I'm going to bring a lineup of ladies out, and you're going to choose a lady to talk to. You can talk to as many as you'd like to find your perfect lady. Okay. But then we have a room just off the bar where it's quiet, close enough to the bar. He doesn't feel alienated like, oh, my God, where did they take me? Yeah. But it's private. They can 
seduce each other with what they'd like to experience. In my training, I usually wait for them to ask me because when I show them my tour, it usually turns their money from moderate to huge. That's a skill. Because that sexuality and that bridge from being afraid of talking about money to talking about money gets crossed. And from there, they get past that rejection thing of hearing no. Instead, it's, well, what would you like to spend today? I have all different types of parties and a pretty varied price range, depending on what you're looking for. And it helps them. It helps them, you know, if they're standing in, we call it VIPC, and it's got a big hot tub and it's got a very large king bed, mirrors everywhere. They can see everything. Nothing gets missed. That is where it's best to start on the upper end of money and say, is this something you'd like to experience today? Mm. Mm. And then from there, you know, on their way to that room, ask him, how do you plan on paying for your party? If he says, oh, I've got lots of cash, well, it gives you a heads up or whatever, ATM, credit card, what's his choice? Or he can have a combination, obviously. But on the way to what we call the conversation room, this is where if she just says, we get to go talk about money. We get to talk about what you'd like to spend on yourself. Tell him. Then it's not where you sit down in there and go, uh, it's open. He knows all the way there and all the way to the love seat. And it helps everyone be more comfortable. He doesn't feel like, oh, my God, I got to see if I can get a screaming deal. Because, you know, people get worried about being taken advantage of and being a courtesan is incredibly lucrative. You know, typically women in this field should make, we'll just say, a lot for an hour. (laughs) I've heard some of the numbers. I I don't ask because I know now that you can't say out loud, but they're really good. They make me reconsider my whole life. (laughs) And it's true, you know, and I ask, that's why I ask in my interview, well, what do you typically make for an hour? And I go, ooh, but it helps. It helps them understand because obviously everybody wants to know, well, how much money am I going to make? Well, are you a great student? If you've never done this before, if you really have escorted, can you become a brand new sponge and take on what I call the experience of being a courtesan, which is that legal licensed, a whole different scenario for determining the price. Yeah. When they come in there, they spend like Gigi was talking about. It's never everybody, but if you get a few of those every week. Well, you're moving forward financially, which is Mm. great. That's amazing. If you could just wave a magic wand and teach everyone in the whole wide world something about sex, what would you teach them? I would teach them how to have fun with it. Mm. Sometimes it's way too serious. And since the pandemic, I petitioned the city to get an escort license. So there was really no sex, right? Yeah. People... Never do well in isolation. We're herd animals. And to even have just one partner, 
isn't for everybody, truly. I'm not a one partner. I could not with just one. I need I need variety. Is an escort license where you are allowed to leave the house? Like not for sex, mm-hmm. but that's okay. Okay. Like you can go on a you date. You can leave the house, but we were also allowed to stay in house. Oh, cool. So it didn't matter if they really wanted to have some drinks, if they wanted to talk, if they wanted to sit in the gal's room and watch a movie. It was great. And what I learned from that moment forward is there is way more laughter coming out of that room than ever before. Mm, I love that. And I think that's perfect, which is yeah. why I answered the way I did. You know, it's okay to make it fun. Yeah. The partner that I have in my life right now, I mean, whatever, I'm always looking for more, but we're having so much fun. It's just very playful, very silly, very just like anything could happen. It feels like a big adventure every time. Yeah, like just get all dressed up and have him go, hmm, yeah. clothes come off, it's usually a quickie, and then you go, oh boy, you just started my day right, yeah. off you go, oh. and that's how it should be. Do people come in at all hours? Yes. Oh, wow. They do. Cool. Which is why we have the courtesan connection. Okay. But see, here's something else that's really cool at Bella's. Certain courtesans choose to have what we call a bartender's license. So that means they can actually go behind the bar. They could actually serve beverages. They could actually legally answer the door. You know, I mean, it's something besides, as we know right now, we've got the prostitute card. Yeah. But they aren't just this. Yeah. They're smart. They're intelligent. Oh, yeah. There's some that have masters. uh, I have a few that have another job working online because – Everything changed with the pandemic. Yeah. You can do what you used to do in an office and be at Bella's. <laughs> so hot. <laughs> That's amazing. So it's like you're in a meeting. I have gals who will say, I've really got a business meeting. I won't be available from 10 to 12. Or they're doing another kind of online job and they can just hit pause when the doorbell rings. They're already dressed for the floor. They go out. They do the lineup do the party, go back to their job. Oh, I love that. The other income that probably has health insurance. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's great. Which is why they have it. Totally. So there's all this stuff. And then, you know, you got the ones going to college. At Bella's, it's empowerment. I don't think other houses are going to allow that. Mm. But I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't have details on that yet, but I'm curious. That to me is a... It's a bonus. Mm. It's okay to have another profession and love what you do sexually. Totally. I think that's so hot. Without giving away anyone's private details, are there any like hot sex stories that you can share with us that have like happened at the brothel because of the brothel? Like I've heard some crazy brothel stories, but I'm curious what Bella's is like. There's always a percentage of what I call vanilla. Mm. Okay. It's like, the businessman, you know, just more ordinary experiences. But lately, there's more of the, could we get the domination room going again? And I go, well, of course. Things have to change sometimes because it cycles. You get this big flow of spanking almost everyone to, well, we're just going to, you know, have a half and half type of thing. One of my favorite stories was with one of my Italian working ladies a few years back. And she was a bigger gal 
But the guys loved her, meaning she was just taller and just more medium build, right? Mm. And she went by Desiree. And she walked into her room, right? And the guy has on her black stilettos. And she just loses it. She said, that's my last pair of black stilettos. And the heel is cracked. And she picks him up by the neck of his shirt and his pants. And she heads towards the front door. She puts his butt down long enough to open the door and then throws him out into the parking lot over the little wall onto the asphalt. And about three minutes later, the doorbell rings and he's there and he's got some little blood stain on him. And he's could I come in, please? And she said, never put my shoes on again, ever. Yes, ma'am. And they went back. She cleaned him up. He left smiling. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I hope he got her a new pair of shoes, too. (laughs) I'm sure he tipped her good for those new shoes. Yeah. You know, the people that walk in and they're all cross-dressed and I mean, they're ready to go. And it's like, it's perfect. You know, I think the most difficult ones for the ladies, and and we do get them, every house does, Mm -hmm. are the potential pedophiles. Oh, yeah. But at least they're coming to us. That's exactly what I was just thinking. I was like, well, better to express in a legal space. And typically, they want to be dominated. Imagine that. Okay. And the gal, you know, gets gum going and comes probably short of wanting to dispatch him. Right. But he definitely leaves bruised up. And I think it happens in every house. What better way to process? Yeah, yeah. you know, I mean, make him remember it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm a person, I love bruises and marks, receiving them personally, like when that's part of the agreement. I love them. I think they're so hot. I know. But now that you've given up the pedophile part of it, that's really good. Right, right. Yeah, no. (laughs) (laughs) We have to have a sense of humor here. (laughs) We have to. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. It's like when we get stuck in all of the like, I have to be perfect all the time. No person, like you said earlier, no person is. And of course, you know, even in speech, I say so many dumb things all the time and I hear it recorded later and I'm like, well, if only I could edit myself in real life the way I can on podcast. Okay. I understand. I would love to hear just wrapping up. What else, brainstorm-wise, do you think we need to make the world a sexier, more loving place together? You know, I think the work that you're doing is a huge, important part of it. I always have fantasies about what would the world be like if, you know, legalized full-service sex work were covered by insurance. You know, what else do you think we would need in the world to make it sexier and more loving? We really need a reality check about judgment. Mm. It's not our job. And this incel situation, the dark web, all of these things are putting a lot of young people out of touch with, I'm going to say, sexuality. That's where we're seeing all of these horrible incidents They keep looking at guns, but it isn't. It's the suppressed sexuality of an individual that 
may or may not have learned how to be social, how to be okay with who they are. Yeah. And then, of course, as we know, we went through another, can we lock them all down? And I believe that we're experiencing that. And so in the Onesta Foundation that I fund, the message is always evolving because, well, like Maine, doing the partial decriminalization. And I'm like, that won't work. You can't take the seller and say, well, you're good, and then ruin the life of the buyer. You make a criminal out of sexuality. And I know in my heart that as the Onesta is evolving, that they're both important. If I were in a position to have everybody give something a test, all right, I would say, all right, we're going to have the legal brothel right over here. Destination could be any state, any city. Oh, you, why want to be an independent? Here's the parameters for an independent. You know, get your business license, do your medical testing, yeah. and get some sort of credential that says you're an entrepreneur. Okay? Yes. This oh, is your awesome. industry. This is in service. God calling. Yeah. Let's say you work in a massage parlor. And happy endings are always part of the massage. Get credentials. Yeah. Just have a business license. Be medically tested. Whatever it is, you have those in your room hanging. You're legal. But you want to do it this way. Bella wants to do it this way as an independent. All these other ladies want to work at Bella's or whatever the name is. Yeah. Three ways to be legal, licensed entrepreneurs in sensual sexual services. It's the way it should be. I think the world would really benefit. And if I was a judge and you came in, you said, look, I'm an independent contractor. Here's all my stuff. Here are my documents. I throw it out. You're good to go. You're a businesswoman. I know it's right. We can't put everyone that wants to be in the sensual sexual industry in a house, in a legal house. Impossible. Impossible. And not ideal for most people. No. But when we talk about the solution being an accelerated, progressive vibration, there you go. Yeah. Harm to none. Beautiful. Okay, lovers, you can go follow at Bella's Hacienda. The link is in the description below. That is a new Twitter account because censorship killed the old one. And you can find the Onesta Foundation at O-N-E-S-T-A foundation.org. Again, the link is in the description below. Madam Bella, thank you so much for being a guest on Sex Stories. Thank you, Wild. I really, really enjoyed it.